0: to this will surely know what I mean when I refer to the Where's Wally books. Where's Wally is an amazing series of picture books where every picture is a scene of absolute chaos. There are thousands of people crammed into each picture and there are fights and there are accidents and there are buildings collapsing people falling over each other and yet somewhere In the midst of the crowd, there is a a man with glasses and a walking cane and a red and white striped shirt, looking completely peaceful and calm. And the challenge is to scan the picture and find Where's Wally? Now, I sometimes think that the Christian life is a little bit like a Where's Wally picture. Over the last few episodes, I've been talking a lot about the love of God and how we need to learn to meditate and receive that love, how we need to understand the transforming power of that love. But the reality is that sometimes that love is very hard to find because we're surrounded by chaos, chaos in your family. Chaos in the workplace, chaos in the whole world. Every time we turn on the news, we see disaster and mayhem. And the question is, if God is so loving, where is that love? The first question here is to challenge, what do we mean by love? I've waited a few episodes to try and break open this concept because I wanted to lay the foundations first. But I think we now need to delve deeply into what do the scriptures actually mean when they talk about love. The first thing we need to be very clear on is that God is not Santa Claus. Santa Claus is an old guy with a white beard who lives in a far off place and he gives good things to good people and he gives bad things to bad people. We sometimes assume that God is also an old guy with a white beard who lives off in a far off place, who has a very similar list about who is naughty and who is nice. That's not the God that Christians believe in. We need to understand that the love of God is so much bigger than anything that we were told as children, and a whole lot more complicated and maybe a whole lot more difficult to live with. You see, it's a love which wants us to enter into union. It's a love which wants us to be purified. It's a love which would be prepared to go to extreme lengths to make sure that we are not hurting ourselves. If you think, as a parent, how you love your child, you love them so much that you are prepared to punish them. Because you don't want them to be hurt. You love them so much that you're prepared to inflict broccoli on them at dinner time, even though they want to just eat chicken nuggets and chips. Because you have a bigger vision for their life, you understand how they were made and what they need to be nourished. You give them the things that they don't want. And they scream and shout because they think that you don't love them. They think that they they want to trade you in and get a different parent. But you see the world from a different perspective. And so your love is communicated in a way that they don't understand. How do we find God in the midst of the chaos? How do we start to meditate on the love of God that is not simply communicated through blessings, but sometimes communicated through hardship. A few times during this podcast, I've made mention of St. John of the Cross, because I'm a bit of a fan of this guy. Maybe it's because he's just helped me to understand my own journey and make sense of where God is in the chaos. John of the Cross is difficult to read in his original source material, so i just put that as a disclaimer. If you want to go and start delving into his work, it's not that easy. But to give you a bit of a summary, John suffered immensely. He was a young man, amazing depth of prayer in his life. He joined a religious order called the Carmelites. And he was then approached by one of the nuns, who we now know as Teresa of Avila, who wanted help to try and reform this congregation and bring it back to its original fervor, the real passion they had when they started. Because, like everything, things become lax and corrupted and comfort takes over where fervor used to be. Because of that, John was persecuted immensely by his own brothers. He was kidnapped. He was imprisoned for about nine months. He was virtually tortured psychologically and physically because they believed that what he was doing was going to destroy the religious order. Now, once again, this is a very simplified version of history, so my apologies to those who know the story better. But the key point was that for nine months, John sat in the darkness of this cell in solitary confinement, and he came to the point of almost absolute despair because it was his own brothers who had turned against him. And it seemed like all of the work that he had done had failed completely. But in the midst of that darkness, he found something. He saw something which he'd been looking for for so many years. He found a God who met him in that dark place. And maybe... Not only that, but he found a God who was loving him in the suffering and almost loving him through the suffering, using this evil that had broken upon him to purify him and transform him into the love that is God. And this became the whole center of John's theology a theology which he communicated originally through poetry and then later on through commentaries about those poems. But he created a whole image of how the God who is love will use anything to transform you into what you are meant to be. And so it's not a simple division between blessings and curses, between God loving you through things going well and God not loving you because things are going badly. John would suggest that all is love. The God who healed and purified the world by dying on the cross is also healing and purifying us by leading us through Calvary as well. There's a similar image used by C.S. Lewis in his great work called The Problem of Pain. If you've never read this book, I strongly encourage you to read it. He delves firmly into this problem of pain. He starts off by saying the real problem of pain is that we assume that pain is a problem, rather than realizing that maybe pain is good and that somehow God is in the midst of it. Now, there is no way I can do justice to the writings of C.S. Lewis. But once again, maybe just to simplify it with an, an, an analogy, he kind of creates this image that the illness, the seriousness of the illness is revealed by the seriousness of the remedy. I mean, maybe we're seeing this in our modern time with this pandemic when this originally came out, everyone laughed at it and thought it's just another flu. But as we've started to see every country getting locked down and governments being prepared to go into massive debt, we've started to realize that maybe this is more serious than we thought. You know, if this is the remedy needed, then maybe the actual disease is quite bad. And so, this is sort of what C.S. Lewis presents when he talks about the problem of sin, something which we don't really take seriously, something which we laugh at sometimes. We assume that God can just snap his fingers and make it go away. And yet, if sin is the sickness, the cross is the remedy. If it really required God to allow himself to be tortured on the cross and pour out every last drop of blood in his body, then maybe this stuff's actually really quite bad. And when we start to look at the sin in our own lives, we're kind of faced with this question of, well, what is the remedy God uses to purify us, to love us by healing us? And so maybe there are things which we, we rage against God, you know, when your business fails, when suddenly sickness strikes. You know, when you find yourself facing all sorts of chaos and disaster and and you rage against God saying, God, how dare you? Where can you be? How can I believe that you are loving? And yet this is precisely God treating us and healing us of our vanity, of our pride, of the ways that our identity gets caught up in our work, of the ways that we make false gods out of everything. If you can imagine the image of a child going through chemotherapy, the child doesn't understand what leukemia is. All it knows is that every day he's driven to a hospital by his parents and the parents ask a doctor to inflict pain upon him. The child is saying, why do you hate me this much? But the parents understand the disease and they understand the remedy. And they say, this is the only way we can love you right now. So I think this is where we need to recognize that the mystery of God's love is big and complicated. It doesn't fit those childish notions of Santa Claus that we grew up with. But rather we need to meditate on the fact that God is in everything. God is using everything. As St. Paul says, God turns everything towards the good. God is loving you in the midst of the chaos. If only you can find him.